0: turn adversity into victory. Live an extraordinary life based on actions, not words.
1: Now, here's your host, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. Octa non verba is a Latin phrase that means actions, not words. If you want to know what somebody truly believes, don't listen to their words. Instead, observe their actions. I'm Marcus Aurelius Anderson, and my guest today truly embodies that phrase. Rafa Kandi is the CEO of Man of War, best-selling author of the book, Redefining the 21st Century Man, keynote speaker, Man of War podcast originator and host, and coach to business leaders, visionaries, and warriors. Rafa is a highly sought-after speaker and corporate leadership and consultant that's coached thousands of individuals throughout the globe. His style is dynamic and in-your-face, and it works. He has transformed countless lives while strengthening business cultures. He is a former highly decorated law enforcement officer that's been featured on CBS, Univision, and Newsmax. And has appeared on over 100 podcasts. For the majority of his career, Rafa has assigned was assigned to the DEA Task Force, MADTF Task Force, and Vice Narcotics, combating illegal narcotics that are trafficked in the United States. For over a decade, Rafa was an adjunct instructor at the Police Academy, where he prepared recruits for the realities of the street. With over 38 years of experience in the martial arts, Rafa holds black belts in Aikido, Haklung Kung Fu, and Judo. He holds instructor certifications in various knife form disciplines, police defense tactics, and firearms. His new best-selling book, Redefining the 21st Century Man, is absolutely blowing up the charts, and his man-of-war society is unlike anything else that you've ever seen. Rafa, we were talking before I hit record, it's amazing to see the progress that you've made in just two or three years. It's an honor to speak to you always, my friend, and how you're always putting forward that warrior culture and the need for it, especially in today's society. Hey, brother. First and foremost, thank you
2: for uh, having me on here. It's an honor, as always. I mean, we started a few years back, man. And I remember bringing you on my podcast and then you uh, talking about your story. And then from there, man, you took off. So definitely honored to be on here. um, I'm expecting
1: a very powerful conversation, as usual. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we were just sitting down having a conversation, we could just record that and that would be an incredible podcast. But there's so much that you've done and so many things that you've accomplished in such a short amount of time. And I think that comes because you had that warrior ethos. You had that very mission-driven idea, that focus. And I think that that in and of itself is an indication of what a great leader you are, what a great speaker you are, and what a great coach you are. Because everybody can buy social media and make it look like it's something real. But when you're actually out there putting in the work, when it's about deeds, not words, you're truly living that. I mean, one of the most important
2: things nowadays is living by a ethos, right? Living by a code. We're missing that. We're missing that so deeply in our society. And my vision was to change that, even just a little bit, to make an impact in this world, to kind of redirect men back and walk in that warrior's path, right? So important. And, you know, we started seeing it on uh, the police academy, the cadets that were coming through, just that drive, that energy, that the, the balls in the heart of a man just weren't there. We, we started seeing that completely falling apart weak men were coming through and unfortunately a lot of weak men were out there in the society. Now, my goal here is this and this is without a doubt Marcus is to change the paradigm here to to shift it. To really have men start walking a warrior's path, not a warrior's path that we're just used to talking about warriors as we know it, but warriors that are stronger fathers, leaders, visionaries, husbands men of action, men who step up, come hell and high water. Men could actually could go out there and protect their families, right? Man, we're missing that. And it's unfortunate because the more I see it, the harder it gets to swallow. It really does. So our society now needs this shift. And I think that as far as the men of war and the men of war society and this men of war movement, we've helped hundreds upon hundreds of marriages Men who are struggling, high-level CEOs, businessmen, men who are maybe lost in that path. I don't know where to go, whether to go left or right, but here they are now in a community of men who are pushing each other, who are building each other. And this is so important in this day and age. For me, brotherhood and who you surround
1: yourself with is as important as anything else you do in your life. I couldn't agree more. And you were talking about how men are not sure if they should go left or right. And so what do they do? They hesitate. But that hesitation is what breeds all this stuff that we allow to tolerate. Hesitation if we're in a fight. If I feel like I'm a one step behind in a fight, I'm not. I'm two or three. And now I probably won't catch up. And frankly, I may not survive. So having this very specific, definitive or warrior's path, these ethos, that gives us the direction. That becomes our compass, especially in the heat of hardship, of adversity, and war, whether that be in society or whether that be in physical combat. We have to have that as our default setting. You made a great comment earlier about how some men think, oh, well, I'm soft right now and I'm safe right now. But if it actually came down to it, I would rise to this certain level. Tell them why that's not the reality. Well, let's go back to what you said. I mean, hesitation, right? Hesitation is a life
2: killer. Procrastination is a life killer. You know, when you hesitate and you don't take action, you're going to fall flat in your face. And we see that everywhere in life. I mean, procrastination comes right next to it. It's that next evil step right next to hesitation, right? Because you hesitate and then what happens next? Well, you know what? I don't know where I'm going, left or right. So let's just procrastinate this fucking decision that I need to make right now and let's do it later, all right? And unfortunately, when you think that way, by the time you see, you look over your shoulder, you're dragging a bag of 100, 200 pounds worth of indecisive, Things that you basically walked around with all your life. You never made a decision back here. All these things are on your shoulder and you're dragging them everywhere you go. So then you wonder in life why, you know, other people around you are succeeding. Other people are doing things. They're they're disruptors, game changers. You see people create and you're sitting there
1: stagnant in the same fucking place you were. The definition of insanity, right? We hope that if we procrastinate one more time, that'll give us more time. But people don't need more time, they need a deadline. They need something that will push them to actually make a decision for the first time in their life. They build a lot of this nobility around this idea. It's like, well, I could do all these great things, but I'm humble. They had that false humility bullshit excuse, and they like to fall back onto that. How often? Do you, that's pretty common for what you see as well, right? Man, listen, Marcus. We
2: we get we get we get about hundred and fifty applications per week. Okay, for the Man of War Crucible, and. We're very selective. We have the ability, and, and, and I guess for lack of a better word now, the luxury to really be strong on who we select to enter this program. And this is not a bullshit vetting process. This is a legit squared away vetting process. We vet people very, very strongly on you know, multiple conversations. We want to make sure that the person that we are you know, authorizing to go through the program and into the Man of War Society is a squared away individual. So with that said, speaking to me personally, now I have a team of guys that take care of that, but I still get some of the write-ups on some of the conversations, right? Some of the recordings of the conversation. And I use it for coaching and I use it for even my own ability to learn more about people. And procrastination is absolutely number one on the list when it comes to that. Hesitation and of course the lack of courage, right? the lack of courage to do something outside the norm. For most people, they want to stay comfortable, right? And the second that it's uncomfortable or they enter the unknown, that's when the fear strikes. And that's when all these hesitation and procrastination words start coming in because they're like, oh shit, where do I go from here? We teach Action, right? We teach that you have to be all in. In my new book, Redefining the 21st Century Man, it's 25 disciplines, right? One of the most important disciplines is to be all in all the time. All right. We don't believe in plan Bs. We don't believe in different categories where people go to and they start making up these kind of like middle categories where I'm in, whether I'm in or I'm out or whatever it is. No, we don't do that, right? You're either in or you're out. There is no plan B at all. And we believe in burning your ships. That's another discipline. We believe that if a man is really committed and a man is moving forward in life, there's only one way forward, right? You're moving ahead one step at a time. Now, they have a lot of gurus out there that teach you otherwise, you know, and they teach you, well, you know, you need to maybe make a left turn here and then kind of explore your options here and then go there. Look, a warrior minded man, when he is in battle, he t- sits there. He doesn't sit there thinking about things. Action and thinking happen simultaneously, right? You need to be able to think under stress. You need to be able to think in the heat of battle. And unfortunately, what happens is, and we're not talking about developing a strategy for combat here, we're talking about when something is thrown your way and you're in the midst of it, you can't, no matter how, what a strong strategy you built, right? If you can't think on your feet at that moment, guess what happens? We lose sight of what's happening around us. Hence, we start moving in directions that we're not comfortable with. Hence, we start procrastinating. Hence, we start second-guessing ourselves. Now, this is where our society is. They get into this big rabbit hole. And I know that you've seen it because you coach many men and and individuals, men or women, and this is not even a man thing. This is more of 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 a world that we live in thing. The direction of where our society is going It's okay to hesitate. It's okay to take your nap. It's okay to sleep in the middle of battle. That's the mentality. It's okay to, you know, okay, you'll try again tomorrow. You come back for second chances. You come back for third chances. That's just the bad mentality to have. We see it and we see that most successful people are men who are action takers, men who don't rest on their laurels, men who are courageous and have the ability to drive forward under stress men who don't break down when bad things are happening, men who learn from the success and their failures. We need stronger minds to be walking this planet, men who
1: are aligned with that vision. My squad leader, we were doing CQB through a shoot house, getting ready to deploy. And it's a 24-hour process to simulate battle conditions. You're sleep deprived, you're tired, it's hot, it's cold, it's dark, it's light, all these things. And the team before us, the guy hit the, the door, the one man stood there because he was tired and he hesitated and then of course the simulation shows that everybody in that team is killed it would have just got zipped by an ak and it would have stopped everybody anything could have stopped and killed everybody there and that's what he told us we went through it he's like you better not fucking stop when you hit that door we went through it at the end of it for our little quick little aar before we were getting ready to stack and go back again he says do you know what kills more men than bullets and he said hesitation He's like, I would rather you go through that door with violence of action, aggression, be wrong, but still be in motion, and now adapt, pivot as necessary. Because once we're dead in the water, again, just like a deadlift or anything, now we have to start from ground zero, try to move that thing, and we are not going to be able to get there in time. Our adversary is already moving. They're already committed. They've already burned their boats. They already know what the hell is going on. There's no in-between for them. And we do not have the luxury of that hesitation. And people, like you say, in society, especially in social media, they give you this idea that it doesn't matter. It's fine. You can do whatever you need to do. You're good the way you are. You're okay the way you are, but don't you want to be better? Don't you want to demand more from yourself? And if you can't do it on your own, wouldn't it be nice to have a group of people, a coach, a society around you that would say, hey, listen, we're not going to tolerate mediocrity for you, even if right now, because you feel weak or hesitant. You would do it if it was just up to you. Without a doubt.
2: Going back to stacking on doorways and an entry, you know, one of the things that I write in my book is exactly that. You know, we talk about what happens in a SWAT, you know, search warrant or you're a barricaded subject and you're entering the house and one guy falls. I mean, people don't understand that that first guy that falls, guess what? Everybody's walking over him. There's no waiting. There's no waiting in line. You know, you stack right over and you continue. The dead cat is the still cat. Okay, that's the bottom line. You cannot, especially in the funnel of death, when you're walking in through a doorway, we don't ever stop, right? We continue in motion. And you made a great point. Listen, we can, and this, we can sit here and talk for, for days about this, but <laughs> in, in motion, people are afraid to be in motion. They're afraid to be dynamic in their decisions. It's almost like they have to stop, right? They have to stop and think about it. But the reality is that I learned this on Wall Street and this is funny because I take a lot of the things that I bring from when I was on Wall Street, and one of the first things that they taught us was when you were pitching sales, right, was to stand the fuck up. They would kick the chairs from under you, and they would say, you need to walk because your mind is creative when it walks. You're able to overcome rebuttals. You're able to think quicker. You're able to, just your creative juices are flowing when you're walking. And I said, you know what? I don't know about that. Guess what? Well, when I started doing it, the next thing you know, I'm closing more sales. I'm thinking quicker. I'm able to adapt, to shift, to overcome rebuttals. And it it just happened. The same thing, you know, when you're going through a door, motion is important. You are capable of shifting, adapting, making a U-turn, whatever you need to do, but you're still in motion, right? A target that is moving is much more difficult to hit
1: than a still target without a doubt, right? Stay in motion, people. That's everything. It, and like you said, even if you're going in a direction that may not be what you needed, that's fine. It's much easier for us to turn it when we're in motion. And the nice thing is too, we've able, been able to collect data in that direction and say, listen, for right now, that's not where I need to go. I need to clear this other area. I need to go this other direction towards this objective. And then we continue moving through there. And as you say, moving water, right? The, the philosophies of the martial arts. That's what creates everything. That will break down everything. Nothing can resist moving water in the process, but the minute it becomes stagnant, that's the water you don't want to step into, drink, do anything with because now what is it? It's part of that death cycle. It's nothing that we want to do as men, especially if what we're doing is actually worth fighting for. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great
2: point. The bottom line is when we start thinking about stillness, stillness is great okay there's nothing wrong with that i'm a I'm a big believer in Zen meditation I teach it i I live it i that's what I do I mean I believe in stilling your mind every morning that's what I do I've been doing that for almost thirty years okay I literally was two weeks away from being an ordained Zen monk I mean that was you know i I studied Zen Buddhism you know with Roshi and being part of a zendo for five years so that whole journey of trying to study the mind and stillness. That's with me in everything that we teach. But the problem is people think that by them stopping physically, it's going to change the dynamics. No, not necessarily. You can be dynamically moving and still have stillness of mind. As a matter of fact, that's the difference between a warrior minded man and a common man, right? When you're moving and you're able to have that stillness of
1: mind in action, We're talking about a whole different level there. It absolutely is. It's almost like shooting a paper target from stationary and then moving. And that's a beautiful example. Everybody thinks, again, in meditation, anybody can meditate in a garden. Anybody can meditate when it's peaceful. That's fine. But you have to take it up a level because if you hope to have any capacity to do that in the heat of battle, you have to push. You have to demand from yourself, can I walk when I do this? Can I draw a weapon? Can I see this person? Can I see what this intention is? Where's is this other opponent going? If you don't have the ability to apply it, then all you have is this, and it's nice. It's, it's a very nice self-development tool, but that, that is a very singular dimension to something that, again, from Zen, from the samurai, all these ideas. And, and I love that you talk about that, this overarching idea of the warrior culture, whether it be the way that the stoics looked at it, the, the nice Templar, the, this idea of, of all the samurai, everything like this, the chivalry that people had in, in the Knights. That There was more to it. And they knew that that was so important because of this. As warriors, we are fighting to have peace and protection for our families, for the things that we hold dear, for our belief system, for our country, for our freedoms. And if we are only a warrior that's only one dimensional, whenever we get to that place of peace, we will subconsciously tear that down. We will unintentionally create chaos around us. If we talk to our wives and our children the same way that we do our team in the middle of battle it's not necessarily going to translate well. But if all we have is that one side without all these other elements that you're talking about, then all we are is a barbarian that cannot actually live in the peace that we are working so hard to create. No doubt. Yeah. I mean,
2: that's... uh, Truer words are not said. I mean, look, the bottom line is, as warrior-minded men, you know, we have to... We have to kind of think a little bit more raw. I guess that's a word that I like to use. You know, have a little bit more raw thought process. And when I talk about raw, I'm talking about there is such thing as going with your gut feeling, right? And we miss that in our society. We miss that. I don't remember the last time I ever heard anybody say my gut feeling of anything. Why? Because we're bombarded. You look at the internet and the internet gives you reviews on movies, reviews on uh, restaurants, reviews on any fucking product that you need to buy. So we are desensitized, right, completely from our gut feeling of things. Everybody else reviews it. So we go with the flow. That got five stars. That must be good. I'm ordering it. There is no such thing as trying on a pair of shoes anymore and feeling it. There is no such thing as touching something, grabbing it, feeling it and saying, yeah, this is good for me. No, everybody else likes it. I'm ordering. It it gets delivered tomorrow. So we've lost that connection. So that gut feeling that it's in our DNA but we don't use it enough there's no not enough rawness in who we are is pretty much out of it's it's extinct we don't as human beings it's no longer there and i hate to say it one of the most important aspects that we try to teach is men to be raw to go back to that rawness to go back to you know inside their core and try to find that raw feeling of who they are their purpose, their, you know, going out there and experiencing things rather than just seeing them with their eyes, right? Experiencing includes touch, smell, being part of it. We've lost that. And, you know, it's sad because unfortunately, we see this play out right in front of our eyes. We just see it day in and day out. Honestly, honestly, there's going to be a time, I really believe this in my heart, there's going to be a time where people are going to say, wow, we are so fucking disconnected that we need to go back. Something's going to happen that we're going to need to start getting our humanity back. We're going to need to start feeling our core and who we are back. It's going to happen. It may not be in my lifetime, but i tell you what, I'm pretty confident that at some point in our lifetime, in in, in a
1: lifetime, that's going to happen. It absolutely will. And to touch on that in in a modern day society where there isn't a whole lot of that, that realness, that rawness, that gut feeling. We saw this recently with the school shootings, those parents that went in and grabbed their kids that fought through the police that were out there telling them not to go in. They were like, this is my flesh and blood. This is the reason I'm here. You are not going to stop me. I'm walking in there through hell or high water, through bullets if I need to and pull them out. So if you guys don't think that there's something that you believe in, or you don't think that this is important to have, those people that walked in there were more warriors than anybody else that was on that property at the time. Well, that's, that's an
2: entirely different subject here. And I'm going to go right into it because I, this is a very, very powerful subject. The word warrior, it's used in a way that unfortunately, most people just sign, you know, for them in their mind, it's just soldiers and cops and, you know, guys that are serving, right? And I've said this, back, and, and I get a tremendous backlash, and I'll tell you straight up, we get tremendous backlash from the veteran community and from law enforcement, because they're like, well, you know, guys that carry guns, hey, you know, we were out to war, we're, you know, this is the warrior. Well, this is the deal. How I define a warrior is a little bit different. It's not just the fighting component, not just the warrior side of things. For example, you know, you carry a gun, you go to battle, you go out there, You engage, okay, that's all great. And that's admirable. And in my opinion, most men should have at least a shot at whether serving the community or serving this country, without a doubt. Now, with that said, that is not just what a warrior means, right? A warrior has to be a person that is constantly improving himself, right? A warrior has to be a person that uses his past experiences from whatever he served and brings it to today today the here the now not the yesterday but the here and the now because what happens is a lot of men have this preconception that because they went to either boot camp or to police academy that all of a sudden they can hang these fucking awards on the wall and start screaming at anybody else that's you know that's going out there and doing quote unquote warrior things like you said those parents that went in that went in and got their kids were more fucking warriors than any of the cops or anybody else standing out there. You're not gonna define a warrior to me saying, oh God, I, I did something in the past and I did my time. That doesn't define you. Who the fuck are you today? Are you a stronger father, husband, leader, visionary, a man of action? Are you someone that can step up, come hell or high water in the now, in the now? And guess what? My friend, if you were in the military 20 years ago and you haven't done shit now, I don't want you, guess what? I don't want you in front of the doorway because guess what? You haven't trained worth the shit, okay? Just because you did something in the past doesn't mean shit, okay? If you're not today honing now, what I do want, I want the motherfucker that's out there that, that kept that and that is still honing himself and still building. That's the guy I want in the doorway, right? That's the guy. Now, with that said, those parents, man, you give them all the credit. Those were warriors to step in and grab their kids. The weak bastards, the weak-minded men and women were the ones holding those parents back. Unacceptable in every way, shape, or form. As warrior-minded men, we need to be better than that. Listen, I just hung my badge a few months ago. So I can tell you that I've been the first one in, in an active shooter I have been in situations where my hairs, okay, popped from the back of my neck. Two of the active shooter situations that I was in, you know, one of them was a kid in a gun with a gun in school. Thank God that it turned out that the kid was apprehended and it was done rather quickly. But I'll tell you, I was the first man on scene. Stacked my vest in through the door. Okay, there was no backup. You know what it was? Was dispatch yelling at me because I'm telling them, dispatch, I don't have an earpiece. I'm going dark, out of radio range. In other words, you don't talk to me. When I'm coming in there, I am going fucking hunting. That was my mentality. That's the way that I have always been taught. That's my core everything. I was, you know, luckily I had another backup officer and then a second one come in within a few seconds after me. But the bottom line is going in through a door, you know you're going to go hunting. It was only for maybe about 30 seconds. And then they said they have the, the kid out apprehended and whatever. But those 30 seconds were like, holy fucking balls, because now you realize going in through a door, knowing that you have to engage, you're, you're full on, man. You are, boom, laser beam, right? Stepping back from that and you know, giving so much credit to the officers that went through the door, that CBP guy you know, went in, you can rest assured that if I'm in nearby my kid's school or any other school, grabbing my vest, which is in my car, and going in through that door, 1,000%. Nobody is stopping me.
1: They would have to shoot me first. That's it. I, I feel the same way, and it's the exact same thing. My, my stepdaughter is is out of regular school now, but she's at college, but it's the same thing. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm prepared. I want to go in there and, and make that impact and change those things because, again, hesitation, as we see, it, it breeds death. It breeds everything that we don't want. And to claim that this is what we're trying to change so badly and then not step up in the heat of battle. And again, doing something yesterday is great. What are you doing today? More importantly, what are you willing to do tomorrow based on what you did today? How well you did it? Can you give yourself an honest read back and say, I didn't do this part very well. As a matter of fact, this I might even in a liability at this point. And if you don't have that kind of like hard nose looking at yourself or somebody else that can be the mirror for you, that can call you on your own bullshit, then it might opinion, you're not moving forward. And frankly, you're either getting better or worse. There is no in-between. Thinking that you're doing okay or that you're not losing ground, you're already one step behind. Amen to
2: that. Amen. I mean, look, this school shooting definitely opened eyes, but it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like an eye-opener because the reality is that our eyes should be opened all the time. Like, this should not be like every year, be like, oh my God, another shooting. We had one here in Parkland, you know, just a few years ago, and that was devastating in the high school. We need to start as warrior minded men, we need to be prepared for battle at all times. Unfortunately, a lot of times we can't get wherever we need to be on time because it's just your warrior at work, your kids' school, maybe 20 miles or 10 miles from where you're at. So you have to be able to trust other warrior minded individuals. Right that are prepped for that you you need to trust that for the love of god these these are children in schools that we trust, and we hand them over to the school for these school districts, and I have a whole almost an entire three pages about my interaction in my new book with the school district. This is a little bit of a different situation, but it's about bullying, how they looked at the way that I was teaching too hard, and that any time that two kids were fighting each other, it was mutual combatants and they would both be suspended. Even if one was all self-defense, it's these school districts are getting to the point where, you know, they want to completely keep your children, unfortunately, defenseless. They think that by locking them in a classroom, and that's an entirely different conversation By locking them in the classroom, they think that somehow, some way, that's going to make a fucking difference. As you saw this part, and it it will come out, that this, this particular shooter barricaded himself in a classroom with kids. Now, think about that. He managed to open the door. He got in, and he went heyday on it. That's it. Done. Very upsetting. Very difficult to swallow. So instead of school boards getting together and following certain and I've and I've talked to them to them about this particular aspect of designing classrooms differently Israel does it why the hell can't we do it they have bomb shelters where they you know they've been doing it for years why can't we do it you know it's opening classrooms where they have side doors that lead into another into another that leads into one staircase that leads them out of the school why can't we do that what's the problem you know people just think that no that you know they want to use their own methodology they think that they're going to protect kids by closing doors and then having kids stand very close to the doorway in case the the shooter comes in and then somehow they're going to take the shooter down and I, i don't know
1: okay that that's the mentality and and like you say, these are the same people that believe that that's a good deterrent the same way that having a sign that says no weapons allowed on the campus is a good deterrent. Listen, people, you can think whatever you want about gun control or whatever, but the reality is this, you can make all the laws in the world. You did all kinds of stuff in narcotics, right? Yes. Narcotics are illegal, but yet they overrun this country. 100%. They're the, One of the biggest multi-billion dollar black market. I mean, it's there people. So you can say whatever you want but trying to outlaw a bunch of guns or try to allow people that are actual sovereign citizens that are law-abiding to not let them have a gun. Do you think that a criminal is going to be like, well, I was going to go rob that bank, but it says I can't bring in a gun in here. Those people are not getting a weapon legally. They're not going through any checks. They're getting it from the black market and they are using violence of action because they don't give a fuck about what your opinion is or about what any signs that you have up are. So here you can say whatever you want, but here's the reality. You either get armed, get skills, have the warrior mentality, have that blade sharpened when you need it, or you become a victim and you sit on the side. And those are all the people right now that are chattering. Those are all the people that have all these opinions. They're not qualified to have that opinion because they've never actually stepped into a ring. They never picked up a weapon. They're not even willing to do that if the chips are down. Even when it's their own kids, how much more of an inspiration, how much more do they need to get them to actually understand this? The key words here
2: are kids. We're dealing with protecting kids. That's a big deal. That is our life source of our country. You talk about drugs, this multi-billion, it is very close to a trillion dollar throughout North America over the last decade. That's what it's brought in. Drugs run our country. Let me make that very clear. People don't understand that, but if you look at the amount of drugs that we are bringing into this country, people would be like, wait, wait, Listen, in just a little boat that they seized, it's four or five million dollars worth of cocaine, pills. You have heroin all over the place. I mean, look, the bottom line is this. Bad guys are always going to find a way to get drugs and guns. You can't stop that. It's going to be there. And even if you said to me today, we're going to shut down every gun manufacturer in the world, guess what's going to happen? bad guys are gonna start their own manufacturing company and they're gonna build their own guns. That's it. Their goal is to scare, kill, and disrupt our society. That's just it. Now, by us saying, well, let's enforce these gun laws that unfortunately that they wanna throw into the mix of things. You know, everything is the man with the gun. You know, he's the problem. Well, guess what? In our country, We've defended our country for how many years with guns. We've protected people, things with guns. Those anti-gun people, the only argument that they have is somehow, some way, miraculously, they're going to compare Japan. They're going to compare countries like that to have no. Well, guess what? That's an entirely different culture and subculture. This is not something that the United States is and will never be. We're completely different. Bad people will connect with other bad people and they'll find a way to grab guns, rob banks, rob people, do nasty shootings, do bad things, and that's just the way it is. But it doesn't mean that the rest of the people, the good people, should have their guns taken away. Absolutely not. Who is going to be left standing to protect us? You think the cops are going to come protect you? Let me tell you a little story, okay? It takes anywhere between five to 10 minutes for a cop to respond, even to a hot call. That's a normal thing. Unless he's right around the corner, which the chances are slim to none. You know, it could be anywhere from five, four, five minutes. That's a lot of time for you to get hurt. That's a lot of time for you, for a bad guy to do damage. So I'm a big believer that every American citizen should be armed in every American city, as long as they're mentally stable. As long as there is some type of good solid background and there is some type of consistent training that goes along with weapon
1: ownership. I'm a big believer in that. I absolutely agree. And this is around midterm. So a lot of people are spouting this, a lot of politicians are spouting this. Remember, people, they are spouting this from a pulpit where they are protected by men that have guns. They're telling us that we don't need guns, but they have these people that are there willing to stand in line to protect them because that's what their job is. If you cannot see the hypocrisy, I don't know what else to tell you, but you have to understand, again, this ability to be self-reliant, this ability to be around people that are in a society that you trust, this brother in arms next to you that's willing to stand up with you. That's what you need because, again, even if the police are trying to come and do it, and there are a lot of great police out there. Like you said, there are limitations of time, limitations of matter, limitations of funding. What do we see what was going on in some of these places where they were, quote, unquote, defunding the police? And then people had the audacity to be surprised whenever homicide increased 500% literally in weeks at a time. Of course, if you just allow it to be a situation where it's just like the purge, what do you think is going to happen, people? And again, if you had weapons to protect yourself, I'm not saying it would have stopped everything, but it would have been a deterrent at least for those people. The people that are doing these bad things are looking for an easy target. They're looking for a victim. And if you train in the martial arts, if you train with the weapon, you will walk in a way that does not look like prey. And once a predator recognizes that, they will move on. Now, hopefully we can stop them. But in the meantime, at least in that moment, you can protect yourself, your family, or somebody else that cannot protect themselves. Yeah, being a hard target is super important. Being a hard target is what
2: all warrior-minded men are. They walk, they carry themselves. They're not going to be that lame duck sitting there waiting for an attacker to strike. That's just it. Let's put it this way. A warrior-minded man is not going to be the first choice for a bad guy to attack. That's the bottom line. Now, on the flip side to that, unfortunately, in our society, we see very few of those men, men who walk around like hard targets, men who carry themselves as such. We see more weakness more men who are susceptible to these attacks because they walk around with their head down with their shoulders down kind of like not really focused on anything. They don't walk with any intent, with any purpose. And you could tell listen, I can see a man walking about 10 to 15 seconds, just look at his stride, the way he carries his head, the way that he speaks, the way that he handles himself, and I could tell a lot about a man within that time period. And it's just an ingrained thing. You are basically you are what you think, unfortunately. And the way that you act sometimes comes out because of your thought process. People have to understand that. Now, with that said, I think there's a positive side to this. If people start realizing, especially men here, start realizing that they are walking this weak path and they make a commitment to change and they make a commitment to start getting a little bit better every single day, There are programs out there. There are people that they can follow that can mentor them to start moving them in the right direction. Let me make this very, very clear. Going to a six-month police academy does not make you a man. Going through boot camp does not make you a man. A man is made from past experiences that he uses to better himself now, today. A man is constantly reinventing himself. We're right about the 21st century man. I'm a really big believer that a 21st century man lives by an exemplary code of conduct. It's a stoic man, a man who really walked the walk and talked the talk. A man who not only has been there and done things, but is doing things today to be the best version of himself. And if men could start seeing that and really start aligning themselves with that mindset, To create that vision for the now, man, I think that there'll be a lot of people start trending to be better and to start that personal development. It's not just about being successful in business. It's not just about being successful in other things in life that matter to you, which are great, but it's about being successful in your own right, your purpose, your intent, your being, who you are, how you are to people. Do you respect people? Because if you're gonna expect people to respect you. You got to give respect. I mean, that's the bottom line. Carry
1: yourself in a way that
2: people have no option, even your haters, to respect you.
1: That's it. And again, that starts with that self-respect. That self-respect comes from what? Having the discipline, the motivation, the routine, having that warrior idea. And even when you get up, if you don't feel like getting up, oh, it's too early. No, a warrior doesn't do that. Let's be honest. How many times have we operated in positions when we retired? fatigue is the norm. We're not always going to be a hundred percent, but a warrior gives whatever their 100% is in that moment, they give it. As a matter of fact, they're willing to go above that because that is what they're used to doing. That is their default setting. So if you're in a place where you're like, ah, you know, I'm kind of phoning this in today, man, I can guarantee you the rest of your life. If I look at it, you're probably phoning in your diet, your workout, your relationships, what you're putting in your mind and your body. You're probably phoning in your entire lifetime. That starts to pass so slowly. And all of a sudden, 10 years have passed and you're like, how the fuck did I get to here? It's like, man, you did it one slow compromise decision at a time. If you look in the mirror, you can't
2: hide. You can use this. And I talk about this in my book again, self-deception. We tend to look at ourselves in our inner mirror and we look at us like, "Yeah, we're, we're not, not too bad. But then really, when you start looking at yourself, really, really reflecting on who you are, you start seeing some of the ugly parts that start sticking out and then you're not comfortable. So guess what happens? Psychologically, we're known to... As human beings, we have defense mechanisms. These defense mechanisms are all about giving yourself confidence. You start lying to yourself. Well, maybe I'm 10 pounds overweight. Eh, I could get over that and I'll be fine in a few weeks once I start eating more salads. Or maybe I didn't really do this this time, but I'll do it next time. Don't worry. And you have that fake mentality. You think that really... You're excusing yourself and putting up these excuses and kind of almost being to a point where it's okay, right? You're just justifying your position where you are now. That's when you start losing
1: ground. We know that. It's that cognitive bias that we default to. It's that idea that it's like, oh, I'm a good person, but I'm going to allow this for right now. And then before you know it, that becomes what you are. You become the person who unintentionally hesitates on everything. I'll get back to you about that. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that later. No, the time is now, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right now. If it's worth acting on, it's worth acting on right now. And when we take that good, hard look at ourselves, if you are not seeing something in yourself that's ugly, that bothers you, then frankly, you're not pushing hard enough. You're not getting below the surface because when we're really raw and we're just naked in front of ourselves, there's always going to be something, but that's fine. That shows you where you have to start doing the work. That's why it's important. You can't just turn yourself off and say, oh, well, I'm fine the way I am there's a lot more that you could be doing. There is always a lot more you could be doing.
2: No matter where you are in your life, no matter if you're running a $500 million company, you cannot be the fat lazy lion on top of that mountain because guess what? You're going to get fatter and fatter and fatter. Again, by the time you know it, you're going to fall so fucking hard from that mountain, okay? You don't even know how you got moved. You don't even know what happened and you're not going to be able to climb that mountain again. That's the reality. So look, I'm a big believer in making the process worthwhile, but most importantly, being present throughout that, being present through the process. We talk about mushin, right? The state of mind of being here and the now. So important. But most people don't really understand that. So in the Crucible, we have one of our segments, which is misogi, which is the clarity of mind and the cleansing of the spirit. And we have that element. And, you know, we discussed exactly that mushin, right? Constant act of being present all the time. It's difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's difficult. We all live lives where we were getting, you know, our attention is being pulled left and right all over the place. But if you can learn how to really focus on being present here, so many things in your life can change. Just from the act of being present, and being here, so many things can change. And I'll tell you this. If more people started being present in everything that they do in their life, you would see people that are less overweight. You would see people a lot happier. You would see a lot more people have gratitude
1: and really experience enjoyment, some of the things that they did. And for those of you that are like, oh, being present, I get that. Oh, I hear that all the time. If you want this to be a tactical advantage for you in sales, be present to that customer listen to them. They can tell if you're actually paying attention or not. Something as simple as shaking hands, making eye contact. These are the things that, again, especially in society when a lot of people are not doing this, these are very simple things you can do. And that's just a very superficial level. But when you start being more present in everything, now you're going to start seeing things that other people don't see. Again, it's a tactical advantage, especially in a world that's full of distraction. Without a doubt. And look, when you talk about tactical advantage, why shouldn't we have a tactical
2: advantage? why shouldn't we? In life, we have to move tactically. I'm always talking about moving to a position of superior tactical advantage constantly. We move not to get in a position that's less tactical. We move with a purpose, with intent to go into a position of superior tactical advantage. So from there, you can get closer either to your target, to your enemy, to achieving your task, whatever it is, put yourself in positions to win. So many people don't. So many people backtrack and they put themselves in positions to lose. Wrong way, brother. You're going the wrong way. Let's go. You know, it's move forward angles in life. That's the way you should be moving. And I don't know why people drop the ball and they forget about that.
1: You talked about the men of war crucible, but this men of war society is this society that you're building, this group, this culture that permeates the entire existence of every man in there. Tell us more about that, what that looks like. How can we become part of it? What all do you guys do in the society, et cetera? Well, the men of war crucible is the gateway. It's the rite of passage that leads you into
2: the men of war society. Within the men of war society, basically it's a society that it's is growing almost every two months because we have a crucible every two months. And it's consisting of incredible, amazing men, men who are CEOs that are running two, $300 million companies. We have financial advisors, doctors, attorneys, pilots, architects, engineers, soldiers from every branch of the military, combat vets, 20, 30 years on, chiefs of high-level fire departments, police officers, federal agents. We have a vast amount of men in there who are living with purpose, living with intent, knowing that they are at high levels in their lives, but there's so much more to grow, We live by one of the most important principles to us, which is Kaizen. Kaizen is constant improvement, hacking away the unessentials and moving forward and building, getting better every single day. Our core principle is Makoto, right? Makoto is sincerity of heart. We live with that... Giving of ourselves to help each other within this community, within our men of war society. We push each other. We support each other. We hold each other accountable. There's challenges. There's alliances, firearms alliances, business alliances, martial arts alliances, running alliances, mountaineering alliances. You name it, we have it. Groups of men who are doing things together to build. You know, we have meetings every couple of weeks. We have meetings divided into units. I mean, it's a very powerful, powerful brotherhood. We have one major event a year. Now we're going to start several events per year where we all come together because we've grown so much pretty much on every state in the United States. We have men and For us, it's unbelievable. My goal is taking this international here in the next few months. And we have men who have traveled from Sweden, from South America, from Germany, from Africa. I mean, they traveled to be part of this. And as a leader and the founder, I'm I'm humbled and just like honored to be around these men and to see that it's, it's an entire beast all by itself, right? We have a coaching cadre of certified coaches that lead the way in this society. And it's just, very deep, but what we are is men who are striving to be the best versions of ourselves every day. Bottom line, you know, we communicate with each other every day, we just inspire each other. We have reading components, study components, a lot of training goes into it videos of training experts within certain things. I mean, it's just a great networking and a great experience, really, to be part of this private society some may call it secret some may call it whatever the hell it is but it is something that is very kept we don't open the doors what we do in there
1: stays in there you know we don't let outside people come in and for those of you that are saying oh well i'm a part of this club or this club or whatever this is those things are fine but what you'll find is there'll be an initial state of enthusiasm and if there's nothing that keeps your feet to the fire so if you haven't gone through some sort of blood sweat and tears If you haven't paid some sort of money, then you are not going to stay consistent or the people there will not stay consistent. And if you don't believe me, ask how many times you've had a gym partner that you're like, we're going to do this four days a week, whatever it is, come hell or high water. Yeah. You guys bro high five. And then two weeks later, Hey, you know, I can't make it or Hey, I'm not doing this or, Oh, you know, my hamstring doesn't feel hundred percent. That's what separates it. Because if you were to allow that person to pull you down, they would, but when you're a part of a society, when you're doing something like what Rafa has built, it forces you to elevate. It becomes the catalyst for change that you need. And you decide that now I don't want to become that person that would have given up. I want to be a part of this society. I want to actually be worthy of this. And that's when the real learning, the real evolution, the real self-knowledge begins. Without a doubt.
2: And this is something that we talked about resting on your laurels a little bit, but I want to address this. And a lot of people do not like this. And especially they don't like what I'm about to say, but it's, a fact, scientifically proven, and I could have measurable metrics across the board. We keep metrics on everything. 61% of our dropouts, we have a 36% dropout rate in every class, every group. 61% of the dropouts are combat veterans. Now, let me explain that very clear. Okay, and this, is, this gets confusing for a lot of people. Like, what do you mean? Well, the way it goes is like this. To give you a brief example. And when I say combat veterans, I'm not referring to the 63 year old overweight guy that hasn't done anything in 35 years. I'm talking about a 32, 33 year old guy that has multiple four or five deployments that has been in the army for 10 years. Okay. Walks up to me, looks at my face and says, I'm too pussy for your program. I can't do this. I got to drop out. I underestimated. Let me exactly, let me explain what happens. Because many men believe that they have been put through the fire before. And they take this crucible as kind of like a, eh, I've already done that, i already been there, so I'm just going to take it for granted. And when they get there, they get bit slapped. And they get a wake up call and they're like, what the fuck just happened? So men who are underestimating the men of war crucible and please keep this in mind, we've had triathletes, Ironman runners drop out and documented film. Okay, these guys are in great shape. We've had guys that are 21, 22 years old come in smoking. Yet the chubby guy that took this program for real, that fucking worked his ass off, graduates. And the 22-year-old drops out. So... What happens is they underestimate the program, they go in unprepared, and then they realize that, oh shit, this was not boot camp. This is a little bit of a different element altogether, especially when they start going into the blackout phases and things like that. We designed this program to break you badly, like to break your mind, your body, and your spirit. If you don't come prepared mentally and physically, the chances are very, very high, so A lot of guys that have never been in the military and a lot of guys that have never been, they prepare, man, because they're scared shitless, right? (laughs) They, They prepare, you know, but it's the other guys that think that they've done the walk before that come
1: underprepared. So I hope that kind of clarified what I'm saying here. I love that. And you and I were looking and laughing as we kind of say this, because we've seen that we've experienced it in some ways. And there's also a point that I want to point out, if you underestimate something And then you get slapped in the face and you're like, holy shit, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. In that moment, you could still elevate. You could still commit. You could still say, this is harder than I ever thought I was going to be, but I'm not going to quit. Or I'm going to just keep going one more rep, one more step, one more breath. That's how we get there. But in that moment when they really needed it, when there was true adversity, they did give up. And so just like in life, if you think this job is going to be easy, you think this path is going to be easy. The minute you think it's going to be easy, the punch that knocks us out is the one that we don't see coming. And if that's the case and you go in thinking it's going to be easy, you are willfully putting a blindfold on yourself and walking in a battle with the audacity to be surprised when you get knocked the fuck out. 100% audacity. You said it.
2: Couldn't have said that better. We have many, many veterans in the society, which are great men. One guy, you know, he did multiple boot camps, Navy, Marines, and. Just a great guy, right? And overall, he basically got a video, says this shit was just a complete different world, but I did not give up exactly what you just said. I did not give up. And you love that. You love to see that, that no matter what, they do not give up. And that's important. That's the most important element in the end.
1: One more thing, and I want to be respectful of your time. And again, we'll talk many hours beyond this again, but- In that moment as well, if we were doing this on our own, isolated with no one around us, but if you can tap into that strength, that resolve around you, the ethos of the men around you, if you can trust that, it can lift you up much higher than you ever would have gotten on your own. Yes. Many men will tell you, hey, the warrior walks alone. I say,
2: bullshit. Okay. You name me one warrior that really walked alone and who really was successful and who took it to the next level. There was none not even Miyato, Miyamoto Musashi, okay? Even though they called him a, a loner or rogue, he had many men who he trained with and, and confidants. Takira Ashera, the same thing goes with that. Look, I could sit here and talk about stories, and but the bottom line when everything is said and done is this. When you have a support level of men who have that strength, that drive, that internal fortitude, that focus, and you know that these guys are struggling right next to you and they're pushing and they're grinding and they're not saying a peep except come on let's go and they keep on pushing it inspires you man as a man to see these other men doing that and it is so important to have men who have that vision around you but it's even more important Marcus when you step out of that fire environment is to surround yourself with men who are even at a higher level to look at them and say, fuck, that's who I want to be like. I want to be mentored by this guy. This guy is ahead. One step, two two steps, three steps ahead of me. But you want to be the guy that is in a room with high level men. Never be in a room and be the smartest guy in that room. So you start off from the battlefield and then you surround yourself. With high level men that are charging away, attacking life, getting better every single day. And that'll inspire you. It'll keep you on your toes. It'll keep
1: you on the edge. And by God, man, you will be a better man because of it. That's it. The people around us are what define who we are, what we become. So being in something like this, being a part of this sort of society, if you're not sure what you should be doing next, or you feel stuck, or you're in the middle of something and you feel like, oh, I don't have something to push me, I guarantee this is one of the ways to go. Where can we learn more about? everything you're doing where can we get a copy of the new book where can we become part of the man of war society what all can we do awesome man manofwar.us
2: just manofwar.us it'll link out to pretty much all our social media all the books you know you can buy the books pretty much anywhere amazon barnes and noble so you can buy them physically or, or amazon or book locker or what else i mean pretty much the major book companies have it To follow me, Instagram at manofwar with two R's. That's my Instagram, and also I've actually dove into TikTok. It's a little bit of a a different feel, but certainly TikTok is growing, and they're a little bit more open to the content that I provide. So we're building it there. Uh, Rafa J Conde is my Instagram handle there. Of course, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're pretty much on every social media site out there. But you can get all those links from manofwar.us. It's the easiest way to go the podcast podcast of the man of war podcast we just hit 17 million downloads so we are kicking ass man it's been five years so that was really really powerful well that podcast it's episode 170 something and that'll be out this week look man if you guys want to know something about specifically about living the warrior life as men that's a great podcast also i got to give a shout to the youtube channel youtube.com forward slash man of war We're building that sucker, man. That's a beast, meaning that is hard as shit to build. But listen, we're working, We're, we're building it little by little. I know why they call YouTube the animal, but we're working it. We're bringing you some great content there every
1: day. So you can follow us, man. And what he's trying to say is no matter what social media you follow, what your preference is, it's there. Mention a few of the people that you've had on the podcast, some names so that people can see the level and caliber of the men that you have on. Oh
2: man, we've had so many people. We've had Patrick Bet-David on. You had Bedros on recently, right? Yeah, we yeah, Bedros. We've had William Stevens. We had, God, I, I, so, so many people. We've had you on there a couple of times, Craig Sawyer, Navy SEAL. We've had Eric Davis, Navy SEAL. We had just a whole bunch of people, man. Tremendous guys. We had Byron
1: Rogers there also. So good people without a doubt. And this shows you the caliber of who Rafa is because people do not come onto your show unless they trust you, unless they know what you're talking about. Because people that are, have those kind of names, they vet you, they look through and they're like, if they smell bullshit, they're going to say no. If they feel that it's not going to fit, they're going to say no. And so this is a good indication of everything that he's doing. He's the gold standard when it comes to everything here, when it comes to the warrior ethos, to put it into play every day. And frankly, if you're wanting to level up, whether it be the book or a free podcast, by all means, get in there, start to learn and start putting it into play.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me on. It's always an honor, man. Always a powerful conversation.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to many more conversations in the future, my friend.
0: All right, brother. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Okta Nonverba.